I am ready. I'm recording. Hi, ready. Is it like my sweet dad joke? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I just got it. I just got it. Like a good dad joke. It took me a second. You just got it. You literally are a dad. I know. How did you just get it? I don't know. Listen, I don't know. I should have gotten it sooner. I should let you know that Melinda brought in some soda for me and a candy bar. Yes. And included with it behind the candy bar was the piece of paper with the Superman pink dildo. What? (laughs) From our Superman video. Amazing. When you say a sex shop in Amsterdam or whatever it is. That's amazing. A sex shop in China, I think, is is what it is. No, it's a no, it's a sex shop in Amsterdam. Trust me, I know where my sex shops are. I was a tea shop in China. Tea shop in China, which may be racist. I'm not entirely sure. Well, let's be honest. Of all the things we've said, far more racist stuff on the show. Yeah, that's true. That's a fair point. I think that's our best defense we could possibly give. <laughs> is that well, like- in no way. From now until the end of time. This is going to be old news by the time this episode airs. But did you hear about the Virginia politician? Um, how can we not? Are you kidding me? That's they they showed a picture of someone in blackface and he was like, oh, yeah, that's me. And then the next day he was like, wait a minute, that's not me because I did blackface a different time. Yeah. Well, I just like how like (laughs) I like how he came out and was like, I didn't do blackface. And then the next day, some other guy came out and was like, oh, no, but I totally did. And you're like, Jesus, come on, guys, get your stories together. Well, yeah, there were were three different ones in a row. Because there was the guy who's the current, I think it's the governor so or something, the governor, whatever he is. The governor came out, because there, there's a picture of somebody in blackface in the yearbook, in the picture next to his entry in the yearbook, right? Well, no. So so he, he came out and said, that wasn't me, because I, I did blackface a different time when I pretended to be Michael Jackson. And then the, the person who, if he dies, takes his place is already involved in a sexual assault yes, scandal. Correct. And they're working through court shit for that. And then the guy who it replaces him if he dies <laughs> right. was involved in a blackface thing as well. Yes, that's the thing. Is it well yeah, cuz the governor was like, "Oh that that's that's not me." And then he was like, "I don't even remember what's going on." And said, like you said, he's like, "I was involved in blackface another time." And then like that's what i mean but three days later then the attorney or the um speaker of the house was like oh but i also did it i also did blackface and i'm like no one even asked you what are you telling what are you even speaking <laughs> just right proud now? of it shut up uh, what are you talking someone, about someone on the news segment i watched about that said uh is virginia the new florida it's just making it's just it's just creeping its way up north <laughs> just weird random shit just ridiculous. <laughs> that can't be the start to our episode, can it? Can it possibly? I don't think so. Uh, we need to get Mickey Rooney on this show ASAP so that he can do something super racist. Yes. Yeah. So he can take all the heat off of us. Or Mel Gibson, maybe? Maybe that is the start to our show. Hold on. Let me see if I got it. Hold on. Oh, no. No, hold on. No, it's not there yet. <laughs> We're nope, not ready it's yet? It's just not. I got to... Okay. Can you wait? Wait, 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 no. Do you have black Sharpie? Can you Sharpie your face black first? Yeah, here we go. Hold on. Let me just, let me scribble some of this on here. This will be great for a podcast. Yep. No, now I'm feeling it. Now, now, you know what? Yeah. feel it now this feels good oh yeah everybody welcome to the media lunch break bringing you all of your comic geek and movie news on the time it takes to eat a good sandwich and be careful i know uh, this 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 could go really awry at this point <clears throat> and burn all your copies of your yearbooks my name is Chris Trebel. Alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Andrew Dunn. Say hello, Andrew. I really thought you were going to go for a Burning Cross reference, and I was about to yell, Chris, no! I have no idea. what It got really close there. It got really, really close for a second. So, Andrew, mm-hmm. this week, 
we've convened for a couple of very special things. Uh, the first first thing we got to talk about is something that has just been it's just been sweeping the nation. All the kids are doing it. It's the latest thing. Yeah, in fact, it, you it's it's been so popular that you might ask, why didn't we talk about it two weeks ago? Yes, and that is because you asked me to do this two weeks ago, and I. <laughs> plum forgot i just because then last week you came in you said hey did you do this and i went oh shit you did ask me to do that didn't you <laughs> so we're gonna be talking about netflix's bandersnatch so here's here's what i did and so contrary I, to the sound of the title it's not a porno i was just gonna say that bandersnatch sounds like a vagina reference no matter how you say it i don't yeah like a smut film yeah it really does so this is an interesting thing to talk about because it is a choose your own adventure movie. Yeah. You could, I mean, we could discuss kind of the plot of the film in a couple of different ways and our idea of it. It's, it's weird because you, all you could talk about is the concept of the film and did it work or did it not as opposed to the plot itself because the plot goes in so many different ways. It's hard to pin down. Well, to expect it to work every single way. Right. It doesn't make any sense. Like, there are going to be, obviously, some ways that it works and some ways that it doesn't. Right. So, for instance, you know, when I watched it, just in case we were going to talk about this, I wrote down all the different choices I made and what paths it took. And then at a certain point, I was like, I'm going to write down... I kept writing and kept going back. You know, I hit an endpoint... And then I would go back and retry it and go a different pathway and things like that. And for some reason, it, it's an interesting thing because I'm instinctually trained to expect an ending to a movie. And this is a movie that has no ending. Right. I mean, it has several endings, but because of that, it really has no ending. You could go for an infinite amount of time. In fact, the, the director has actually said there are scenes that they shot... He can't find them. Yeah. He has no idea how to get to them. Well, I was going to say it's not infinite, but someone did come up with the number, and I think it's in the trillions right. of possible outcomes. Of pro- yeah. So how, I'm trying to think how to... It's a weird thing to try and attack. Let me just start with this kind of general question. Does this work? You know, the experience that, that Black Mirror and that Netflix are trying to give you through this choose-your-own-adventure thing does it actually work? Does it, did, did they pull it off, in your opinion? I would say they pulled it off, but they pulled it off in the way that this is the prototype. Right. And I am interested to see if, like, there's definitely going to be people taking this and running with it and doing more of them. I'm a little surprised it took this long for this sort of thing to happen. Right. It seems like as soon as the DVD player came out, there could have been discs that you put in your DVD player and then just a menu option comes up. But it's possible that they needed something popular enough as as Black Mirror to get the right. widespread popularity. The, the only one of these that I can remember being like this, as far as a DVD, is there was Final Destination 3 had this option. Oh. But at the same time, it was a movie. Like, right, it right. was a, you could watch it straight through like a regular movie, or you could do this, but it was pointless because the choices you had to make led you through, straight through the movie. So you were never really choosing... Right. Your own adventure. The, Does that make sense? The immediate outcome would be what you chose, but the immediate right. the the, op, the outcome immediately following that decision would be the same regardless. Exactly. So this is the first one where they literally shot ex- not extra things, but multiple endings and multiple scenes and multiple pathways and storylines. It is definitely a rabbit hole of a movie. I think it only works. I don't want to say it only works in this context, but it only works because it is commenting on the thing it's talking about. So for those of you who have not attempted this, it's a Black Mirror episode, and it takes place in the 80s, and you have a young guy who is a video aspiring video game designer, and he has designed a video game based on his favorite book, Vagina Thief. Bandersnatch. <laughs> Sorry. And Bandersnatch is a choose-your-own-adventure book, and so he is creating a choose-your-own-adventure video game while you're watching a choose-your-own-adventure movie. And it's just this meta-on-meta-on-meta rabbit hole of a thing. Um, It's exhausting. I I did, after a while, I just, like I said, I was trying to get to an ending point where I felt satisfied to just go, okay, I think I feel I've gotten this. And it just kept going and going and going. Did you ever get to an ending? I got to one ending where the credits rolled. Okay. Yeah, me too. Did you only get to one? Did you get to more than one? I got to one. 
Okay, what was the ending that you got to that the credits rolled? He went to jail for murdering that blonde kid or whatever. Yes. And maybe his dad. Yes, yes. And uh, it flash forwards like 30 years and there's a woman working on a script for a movie about his life. And then you make her either dump coffee on right. the computer oh. or throw her computer out the window. Which is this got to be the same ending. Like no matter which one you choose there, it's got to be the same thing. Um, yeah, mine was, I killed the dad and then buried the body, but then let the guy Yeah, die. I definitely did that once, but I don't remember if that was the last one I did. It must have been. Right. I was in the middle of a plot line when I stopped doing this then. By the way, I'm looking at my notebook of all the choices. If you were to scribble down, like, your pathways through this, you look like a psychopath when you get done. <laughs> it is ridiculous. Yeah. The, the one effective thing about this is that this kid eventually starts to just go batshit insane and becomes paranoid to all end. And the movie has the ability to make you as crazy as its main character, which I think is what they're going for. Right. Because you start looking for all these little hidden signs that the movie is speaking to you. Well, and that's what I was going to say when you asked me if this movie works. It does work, but that is not necessarily a sign of its quality. Oh, that's interesting. Expand on that. I think it's a fine story. I think it could have been fleshed out a little bit more. There's a lot of stuff that is unrelated. Like you choose one thing and it turns out that this thing was true all along. And then if you choose a different thing, well, it turns out this different thing was true all along that counters the other option. So it's not like you find out that the same thing was correct. In fact, both are correct depending on what your future choice is. So it's not that like something that already happened already happened and you are expanding on that, but instead every choice you make is an entirely different story right. from 20 years ago to now, which I think is a mistake. I think it would have been much more interesting to build an interesting world and then have each choice show you something else crazy about that world. Does that make sense? Yes. For me, it just, like I said, I started to look for for signs in it. I mean, there are some very large signs. Right. Not just in the plot line, but in the structure of it. For instance, at a certain point, you kept noticing that it would say, go back to the last choice or talk about your mom. Oh, yeah. And then I was going, oh, clearly I'm supposed to choose talk about your mom. Right. I kept not choosing it. Like th like eight times I didn't choose it. Right. Until finally, I think I got to some, at some point I went down some pathway that I ended and it made me only able to talk about my mom. Oh. Like it forced me down yeah, this, yeah. this rabbit hole, which turned out to be a very interesting rabbit hole that I was literally in the middle of when I stopped doing this. And you start hearing, but if you notice through several of the pathways, they they have this theme or this notion of feeling that you're in control when really you're not in control. Right. To the point that it kept getting repeated down several pathways. And I was going, oh, maybe they are, maybe there is one linear plot line to this entire movie and it's just structured to make it seem like it's not. Right. But then every time I kept waiting to get to one definitive ending, I could not find it. So I don't know if it's true or not, or if that's a red herring. I don't know. This is a weird, this, it's it's almost like it's making my head hurt just talking about this after a while. Sure. It was, but I mean, it is a fascinating thing that they've done. Yeah, I feel like there's something that can be done with it. And I think this was pretty good. Had some really good actors. I forget that kid's name, but the the kid who plays the the yeah that kid's great in it yeah when he's in uh, the movie Detroit and he's really good in that he plays like yeah a super racist American kid and he's really good the kid who was the um, other game designer the successful game designer the blonde kid he was really good too that's who I'm talking about oh okay he's really good I I like him but the lead guy. He's like a big deal actor, and I'm trying to... Will Poulter, and he's an excellent actor. He was in Detroit, and he was like one of the main like antagonists of right. that film. And Yeah, uh, he's really good. Fionn Whitehead is Stefan Butler. Right. He's the main guy. Yeah, that kid was really good, too. There, I mean, the acting... It's funny, because I was actually thinking this. Everything else about this movie is going to get completely lost. Yeah. In any reviews that anyone does. Like, no one is going to focus on how good anyone is. Which kind of sucks, because it's hard to shine in this, because you're so... The audience is so focused on... Right. What choice do I have to make next? Where am I going with this? What am I going to be asked? 
there are a lot of choices in this. Yeah. To the point that, I mean, was it too much for you at some point? Uh, I wouldn't say that, no. Okay. I kind of wish it didn't give me the option to go back. Like it just, uh, that was it. And you went back to the beginning if you wanted to go through it again? Yeah, or maybe you could choose which step you wanted to go back to or something like that. Right. Instead of just, like it would pick, do you want to go back to this night? And I'd be like, well, yeah, I don't want to turn this off, you know? Right. (laughs) If those are my only options. Right, then I'll I'll choose this one. I do want to ask you as well. Did you, you, you made it to the therapist session, I presume. Yes, yes. Did you choose? I did both ways, actually. What did you do? So first I went to the therapist section. Uh, Are you talking about the first therapist session or the second therapist session? I think the second one. I did both at some point. Because there's a choice where you go to the second therapist session or you follow Cecil. Right. I did both of those as well. Okay. But I want to ask you, I think in the second session, did you try to jump out the window or did you push her into the table or whatever the other option was? I don't know what you're talking about. What is that? Really? What? There's a Did you get to Did you get to the part where you can communicate to him through the the computer monitor yes do you choose netflix or do you choose something else yeah there were like a few different options yes i did not choose netflix oh you didn't hold on no yeah which one did i oh you could choose he's saying give me a sign give me a sign and it's the symbol or it's netflix see it had me do it over and over again and every time there were different options there were i went through like five really yeah and one of them was netflix and if you do Netflix, you have a conversation with him for a long time or stop. You can choose to either end the conversation or continue to explain to him what is happening. And it's stuff like... Yeah, I wanted to go down the Netflix thing after a while. So it's stuff like, I'm watching you on Netflix. And he's like, what's Netflix? And then you can choose to either end the conversation or say, Netflix is a streaming platform in 2018 that allows you to watch films and television on your on your TV. And he says, so who are you? And you can choose to either end the conversation or say, I'm making the decisions of your life for you. I'm sitting at home in my living room deciding what you're going to do next. So if you choose that, then after that, uh, he ends up having another therapy session. And if you go there, you or once he goes there, you are given two options because she says, like, Stefan, this is this is crazy, right? Like what you're what you're believing is paranoia. You know, you don't want to give into this. There are better options. And I think you should calm down, take a breath. And you are given two options after that. You can either try to jump out of the window or you can like shove her against the wall. And that's it. So I chose try to jump out of the window. And when you tr- when you select that, he's like, I'm getting out of here. And he turns around and he tries to open the window, but he can't get it. It's locked and he can't get it to open. And he starts pounding on the window and you hear a woman's voice yell, cut. And everything stops and the cameras pan back and you're on a set recording a Netflix film. What? Of Bandersnatch. And the director says, Fion, are you okay? And he's like, what? And the director's like, are you all right? What are you doing? And he says, oh, I was just trying to get out through the window. And she says, yeah, but that's not in the script. You're supposed to, uh, like, push her against the wall. And he's like, what? And she says, Fion, are you okay? And he goes, my name's Stefan. And she's like, do you need to sit down? And like, you look over and his, the guy, the actor who plays his dad is sitting in a chair on his cell phone. Like all the actors are around. There's tech people working on stuff, people holding boom mics. That's insane. And eventually she's like, all right, we're going to, we're going to pick it back up. Let's see what happens. And then you just move on to the next scene, which I told a, a coworker of mine that cause he had watched it. And I had said, it's clearly not realistic. Because if it was realistic, as soon as he said, my name isn't Fion, it's Stefan, she would have said, oh, right. Sorry, Stefan. (laughs) You know? Yeah. (laughs) Because we all know those actors who are like, my name's not Daniel Day-Lewis, it's Abraham Lincoln. This is what I'm talking about. This is really what it is, is you need to do... Okay, so I'm now making up what I think is the suggested way of watching... Wait, though, wait, though, real quick before we move on to that... Okay. Well, after I told my coworker that, he was like, that's crazy. That's insane. I chose to shove her against the wall. And I was like, oh, what happened? And he said, they broke out into a big kung fu fight. She takes out weapons from behind her back. And they have this big brawl in the middle of this therapist's office. No. 
That's what he said. I haven't. I don't know. I haven't done it yet. I feel like he's making this. I mean, maybe. I uh, see. Maybe, this is. I wonder if I can find it on this YouTube. This is what you got to do. Why would he lie to this me? This is the. I don't know. Because he can. I've been lying to you for years. <laughs> this is what I'm d- assigning the suggested way of viewing Cooter Thief or, or whatever it's called. Bandersnatch. Oh, I, I want you to know I'm, I found the fight scene on YouTube and I'm watching it right now. And she has two like Eskrima sticks and she's like giving them all sorts of kicks and punches and doing all sorts of Kung Fu and they're flying around the, the therapist's office. Okay. And now, oh, and the actor who plays the dad comes in and his is choking him in the air. I have to see this. Okay. If you YouTube Bandersnatch fight scene, it's like the first thing to come up. Okay. I think what you what people should do is watch part of it, then go discuss it with people on paths that they've taken, and then go back and try and find those paths because that's like the only way to do it. Did you? Because it's yeah, this is insane. Did you hear about the ending that is? Um, so it ends, and he listens to. Apparently, the ending is he just pulls out an audio tape that has Bandersnatch on it. And then he puts it in and he puts on his headphones and you can hear what's in his headphones. And it just sounds like a lot of weird noise. But if you input that noise into a computer program, it is a version of Nosedive. You can actually play the video game. Oh. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. This is a crazy... That's what I mean. It, it gets a little. It gets a little crazy. I mean, I feel like we could talk about this all day i don't know just like bandersnatch i don't know if there's a definitive ending to this conversation i say we just talk about it all day let's just do it okay let's do it no we can't chris we have a very important thing to talk about we have an extremely important reading assignment should we move on to the reading assignment yes we should so last time oh i'm so excited about this reading assignment. i know me too i'm very excited we have to contain ourselves yes so last time you asked me what i had chosen to assign for you for your reading assignment and i couldn't think of anything and i said i would just get it to you later and then it occurred to me that we had been offered a reading assignment from one of our longtime listeners and a very good friend of the show and us personally eric scottolotti that's right and what he suggested was that we talk about what makes him so lovable. Yes. So Eric Scottolotti, close close friend of the show, also host of the I'm gonna go ahead, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it right now. I'm gonna say the sister podcast to the Media Lunch Break, the Not Movies podcast. That's a good call. The sister podcast. Much like the sister cities of St. Louis and that other one that no one cares about. New Orleans. Who gives a shit? <laughs> A, a great podcast in its own right. Eric Scottolotti has been a friend of mine for, for many, many years. Eric J. Scottolotti, I believe, is his middle initial. And I'm going to assume that it's J. It is. Do you know what it stands for? It must stand for jackass, because he really <laughs> set himself up for this one. That <laughs> he said that he should be the reading assignment. So we went ahead and made him the reading assignment. So I... Really, what's fun about this one is that I feel like not only was he my reading assignment, but you went ahead and did a lot of research as well. I have three pages of research. I mean, I'm literally on his Facebook page as we speak. So I figured... I searched it. Yeah. I scoured it. <laughs> so to begin the story of Eric Scottolotti, if you will, Andrew, just going off of his Facebook page, I know that he was born in the state of Delaware, which is strike one already. I'm not even going to discuss it. I, well, I was going to say, I wonder what it's like to be born in a state that everyone thinks is a city. <laughs> um, so he went to, on his Facebook, it says he went to St. Mark's High School, which if you click on it, it then leads to an empty Facebook page. It also says on this unofficial page, it's located in, I can't even pronounce this, M- Mabane... Swaziland or Swaziland? No. Yes. It's in Wilmington. Mm, well, that's not what it says on the Facebook page <laughs> that is connected to Eric Scottolotti's Facebook. I'm on it right now. So this is, there's only... You know how I know where it, his high school is? Because you Googled it, didn't you? No, because it's in his voter registration, <laughs> which I found. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he graduated in 2003. Yes. So I can only, but here's the thing, I can only assume two things based on that Facebook page, is that either all of those facts are are falsified, and that he didn't go to any high school, 
or that he believes he went to a high school called St. Mark's High School and was catfished for four years into <laughs> believing he got some sort of an education. Or okay? it's, it, I think there's another option that you're not entertaining. Okay. The other option is that he started typing in St. Mark's and just picked the first thing that came up without checking what it is. Oh, that could be it. I'm going to go with the catfish theory. Yeah, but that's that solid St. Mark's education. Right. <laughs> well, that's the education you get in Delaware. Now. <laughs> what state is that in? Uh, what state is Delaware in? Yeah. A state of denial. <laughs> I think his. It's weird because I've, I've met his parents and his parents are very nice people, which. What happened? Really? I don't know what they did to deserve this. <laughs> Wait, wait, before we go any further, go on, what? I have to I have to note something that I, I wrote down on a piece of paper. Yes. I found an interview with a man that uh, Eric had acted with on stage okay. in a play called Assassins. Okay. And this is exactly what I wrote down. Okay. Michael Thatcher said, quote, acting with Eric Scottolotti in the final scene between Booth and Lee Harvey Oswald is still my favorite 10 minutes on stage. Quote, if only the audience felt the same way. Is this a roast? (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, are we uh, like, I I had written down all this stuff and then I got to the end and I was like, are we roasting him? Is that what this is? I mean, he has this coming. So uh, investigating his Facebook page further as I'm on it currently right now, as we're speaking, um, I was just going through his photos. There is one photo that I loved. Um, He's, in a picture with uh, apparently his cousin and in this picture to describe it i can only assume that his cousin is less enthused to be sitting next to eric than eric is to sit next to him and it just gives me the impression it it looks like a big brother little brother and i don't mean uh, biological big brother little brother like the organization uh, (laughs) where this man has undertaken some wayward youth and is clearly only there for some sort of college credit. And Eric, be the little brother, is just happy to be out of the house. <laughs> so, continuing with the story that is Eric Scottolotti, the next thing that happened after the fake St. Mark's High School catfishing incident is that he went to Westchester University, which I can tell you is true because that is where I met him. Have I told the story of the first time I ever met Eric Scottolotti on mic? I don't think you have. Okay. So the first time, well, I shouldn't say the first time I met him, but the when when we started having any sort of relationship, when Eric got there to college, he was a freshman, I was a senior, and I, for some reason, decided that I would start completely riding his ass for no good reason at all. I don't know why, I just felt... I just looked around and decided he was a victim. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but, like, he just... It, it, his His persona his whole personality makes you just want to his just make fun of him and burn him his oeuvre if you will sure i will so i started doing that to the point that at one point he actually snapped i would i would almost call it a psychological breakdown of some kind he actually snapped and started yelling at me and started started saying things like what the fuck is wrong with you what's your problem what exactly is your deal and I turned to someone and, look, and just pointed to Eric and said, check out this fucking guy, and then walked away. <laughs> and then for some reason, he decided to continue a friendship with me, which I'm not really sure what that says about his decision-making skills in the first place. I mean, it's either that or a rivalry at that point. He's very into the, the video game Celeste, which is apparently one of the best side-scrollers he's ever played. It may be one of the best video games he has ever played. That's from February 1st. Hmm. So uh, that was just a week ago, actually. So I only recently met Eric, maybe last year, I think, the year before. I think that sounds about, that's about right. Uh, Yeah, it was right as we started up this shit show. And uh, when we, we had him actually on our show and we were on theirs. So if you dig back enough, actually one of our funniest episodes is the episode where we had the Not Movies podcast on our show, and he was obviously one of the hosts of that. He was born on August 26th, 1986. His very first photo on Facebook is a picture of him with another kid. The kid's arm is around his shoulder. He's on his flip phone. (laughs) And uh, Eric is just sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) Having a a little nappy poo. The very first post on his wall is Matt Stouffer saying, Haha, 
First on the Wall, What's Up My Roomie, Sanderson Soul Explosion Forever, Peace, Maddie. I can actually explain some of that quote. So Sanderson was one of the dorm buildings at Westchester University. And I actually know this because I used to live in Sanderson before Eric came. Okay. And then I promptly moved out just to make sure that I never lived in the same building as him. (laughs) Right. He's he's a little younger than you, right? He is a few years younger than me. Yeah. So I was a senior when he was a freshman. Yeah. He's closer to my age. Yes. What, uh, let's see, what else can I tell you about Eric Scalati? There's some... I I have a few good stories of Eric. Well, I can tell you this story. This is actually a story of my wife's. Obviously, we call him Scottolotti. For the first two, maybe three years into my relationship with Sarah, uh, she literally thought his name was Scott Alotti. (laughs) And when I had to tell her that his name was actually Eric and that Scottolotti was just his full last name, she looked at me and said, well, he should change it. He definitely looks more like a Scott to me. He does look more like a Scott. He does look like a Scott. I will give him that. There's the one time that he came to visit my wife and I. He arrived in New York City and then immediately got so sick that Sarah had to mother him. Wow. I'd give him medicine and take care of him while he was sick on my couch. <laughs> it was very sweet of him to come and bring a cold. His first Facebook status that he ever posted is Eric Scottolati is pondering the meaning of life. So the next time we see him, we need to ask if he ever figured that out. I mean, I can almost guarantee you he has not figured it out. What? Maybe he has, though. Maybe he has. But he looks like a man who has all his shit together. He does really look like a man who has all his shit together. I mean, look at that picture of him recording the Not Movies podcast that is dated... Is it the one that looks like he spilled water all over himself? On January 27th at 929. Yeah, the one with the shadow of the microphone <laughs> that looks like a giant water stain on his yeah. on his shirt. Yeah. Yep, that's the one. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and tell you, you need to... You should stop. I mean, you can continue going through his Facebook if you like, but I'm just going to let you know that after he, he starts getting... Getting going on Facebook, like he's getting statuses, starting to put up pictures. From 2005 to 2008, his Facebook is just attractive women saying he's hot and insecure men calling him gay. And that's it for three years. Yes, this was, I do remember this. This was a phase of Eric Scottolati of just trying to get women to post on his Facebook wall. I don't know if he was trying to get them. I mean, I think he would probably say they did it voluntarily. But we all know the truth. But we all know the truth. Let's be honest with ourselves. Yeah, that was that was a long... How long did that last again? How long was that phase? Three years. Three years. Three solid years. It looks like sophomore year to senior year. <laughs> From sophomore year to senior year. After he graduated, then I can only assume they stopped posting because he stopped having contact with women. Right. That's what I. That's the only thing I can I yeah. can venture to guess. Yeah. I actually I have a photo that I found of him and you. Okay, that's very interesting. And uh, he is pr- pretending to smoke what appears to be a pipe, and you ha- look extremely contemplative. You look lost in thought. And uh, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna put this picture up on the Patreon for free. Okay. So if anyone wants to, they can head over to the Patreon to see it, and uh, I'm gonna put that up. When we release this episode. To kind of add on to our, the relationship between Eric Scalati and I. So we were in a production in college of Merchant of Venice. And in our off time, at some point I had to, one of the props in the show that I had to have was a, a recorder, a little digital recorder. Were you the fool? I was the fool actually. Yes. And who was he? Uh, he was, I have no idea. I don't remember who he was. Was he like one of the one of the romantic interests coming to ask for the woman's hand in marriage? I think he was. He seems like that would be his type. Yeah, it definitely is his type. But what we would do since this was an actual this was my own personal digital recorder that I had had and so it actually worked. So in our off time what we would do is actually record various sketches and things like that and I actually have a few of them saved and I actually converted them to MP3. So they're actually in my, I would love to post those. I actually have them on my own iTunes. I can dig them up and send them and we can actually post them. That would be great. One or two of them are actually pretty good. There's what I dubbed, I believe the adventures of Johnson and the man, which is actually pretty decent. And I, you should also know full disclosure. I developed, I started to develop a series of different sketches involving Eric Scalati and his dating life, which I should really pick up again because they I found it 
his character very fascinating. <laughs> I was gonna say, is it just gay jokes? One of them was literally he he dates a man. Yeah, of course. Out of desperation and boredom. <laughs> Let's see. I'm trying to think what else. There are several other things I can I can say about Eric Scalati. His religious views on Facebook are just quote for Asgard quote, and we all know how that turned out. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and say he's partially to blame for that. I would assume. Yeah. Let me share for you Eric Scatolotti's favorite quotes. Okay. See, this is what I love about this reading assignment. Like, I'm just going to color commentate on this. (laughs) You give me the facts and I will color commentate into the psyche that is Eric Scatolotti. Great. Here we go. First quote. I was never more certain of how far away I was from my goal than when I was standing right beside it. Gattaca. I mean, the fact that he finds life philosophy in the movie Gattaca (laughs) is troubling at at the very best. Uh, By the way, can I just say, I do know one little tidbit about Eric Scatoletti that's very, it it, it says a lot about him. His favorite movie is A Clockwork Orange. Oh. And he enjoys watching it at least on a yearly basis. Yeah, did he relate a lot to the main character? Yeah. I, I, uh, We can only assume. Yeah, it explains a lot about the inner workings of his mind. Next quote is, quote, Charlie, <laughs> we accept the love we think we deserve. Quote, the perks of being a wallflower. Well, that's just, I mean, that's just self-explanatory, isn't it? I think... I, I cannot believe that people thought he was gay in college. I mean, it's... I understand where you're coming from because he, he exudes such... A manliness. He's an extremely he's masculine. Extremely man. masculine. Yes. I mean, he is walking testosterone. And so handsome. Yes. And Butch in such a. I mean, it's him and Jason Momoa, and those two go hand in hand. I would put Eric above Jason Momoa, but that's. I, I, I'd accept. I think there's. It's definitely open for a discussion. Yes. Uh, his next quote is quote The knack of flying is learning how to throw yourself at the ground and miss. Douglas Adams. And his last one Fruit and berries on strange planets either make you live or make you die. Therefore, the point at which to start toying with them is when you're going to die if you don't. That way, you stay ahead. The secret to healthy hitchhiking is to eat junk food. Douglas Adams. So, two from Douglas Adams. Yeah, it's a good choice. I also, I did also want to read for you his ballroom dance teaching biography. Yes, he did. I forgot about this phase in, in Eric Scottelli's life. He did teach ballroom dance. So he is not just manly, but he is graceful. That's correct. So here's his biography that he wrote, I presume. Eric graduated from Westchester University with his bachelor's degree in performing arts and has been living and working in the Philadelphia area ever since. Both of those things are true. That's true. Eric has been working as a dance teacher with Dancing with the Students since 2011 and loves working with such a great program where he gets to teach ballroom dance to so many wonderful and talented children. He has acted That in is such... not true. <laughs> he has acted in such productions as The Where, No Exit, Twelfth Night, Rosencrantz, Guildenstern are Dead, Lord the flies accidental death of an anarchist and great expectations in 2011 eric was awarded best actor in a play from broadway world's 2011 philly awards oh wait i actually skipped over the the typo he is also professional philadelphia based actor (laughs) which which i like because it sounds like he switched to a russian accent yes he is also professional philadelphia based actor well if he's teaching dance the Russians have a strong yeah. history in the art form. That's true. I will, you know, going over his theatrical credits, I should point out, I think Equus was listed there. Is that correct? I think it probably was. I have plenty to say about that as well. Okay. So I actually saw him in this production of Equus, which means... Oh, it actually isn't listed in that. Okay. So I saw him in a production of Equus, which also means... Right, right. I have seen Eric Scottolotti naked. So how big is it? Um, I can tell you this much. Um, I was sitting fairly far back, and I... Did you know what Equus was when you went to see it? I know what it is now, and I can't unsee it. <laughs> I was sitting fairly far back, and I could still make out a good bit of detail, which means... It's, you know, he's doing all right for himself. Let me, let me at least give him that. All right. Ladies. You'd think, uh, let me just put it this way. You'd think with what he's got, he'd have more confidence is all I'm saying. Oh, okay. You know? Nice. 
Nice. So he was dragging it behind him while he walked. It doubled as the horse is what I'm trying to say. All right. Good. Yeah. Can we get into, so I know both of us reached out to a couple of people to get their perspectives on Eric Scott a lot. Before we do that, I actually have a whole section because we're already on the subject. I have a whole section of his theater work. Oh, please. Let's let's delve into this. So when you search Eric Scottolotti in Google, mm-hmm. one of the first things <laughs> I'm already laughing. One of the first things that comes up is uh, it's from the West Philly local review of Equus, speaking of the devil, at Curio Theater Company, and it says, "Quote: There was a fine performance by Eric Scalotti." <laughs> that is fantastic Uh, not only is it not really a compliment but they fucking spelled his name wrong and it's my favorite yes yes he has a youtube channel that has three videos and no subscribers one video is just him talking about a class another video is just the questions he answered for the previous video and the third is just an animated graphic of a businessman sighing in silence who wait he answered questions from the previous video yeah so like there's like a powerpoint presentation with music like inspirational music that's like what did you learn from this class what would you like to improve on what's something you'd take away from this classic you know something like that interesting so the second video is just those questions and the first one is like one of those questions and then it pans out and it's him answering it and then another one of those questions and it pans out and he answers that one Eric Scottolotti's voter registration, party affiliation, Democratic Party. Okay. He's uh, registered to vote in Newcastle County, Delaware, and he has been registered uh, to vote as a Democrat since February 14th, Valentine's Day, 2003. That's so romantic. He probably was on a date. Let me also tell you, I scoured the internet for a bad review of a show that he'd been in. Right. Like anything. Right. Anything I could find that was a bad review. It's, I found like maybe 50 reviews of stuff he's been in all good here so he must be pretty good he's very good okay great uh, but here's he's, here's what i he's very good i believe you but i had to manufacture i mean i didn't manufacture it but i had to i had to reach really hard to find something bad about him so here's what i got <laughs> excellent yes bring it <laughs> Y.org says, referring to a character he portrayed in Sex, Drugs, Rock and Roll, quote, Scott Alotti is a womanizer. (laughs) 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 I love that so much. Just take it out of context. It's so good. Quote, Scott Alotti is a womanizer. You know what I like about that? It's less a review and just a statement. Yeah. Right. Oh man. Uh, I also I also found another one on a different site, a site called I think it's pronounced Findy, and it's a review of Othello, which he was in, and it just says, "Eric Scottolotti is a risable womanizer and easy drunk." <laughs> he is both of those things. I mean, that those characters are close to home. <laughs> Why does he keep playing womanizers? And here's the closest thing I found to a bad review of him. Okay. And this is an honest one. There isn't a joke for this. It's quote, it's a it's a review of, not nah, can't remember, but it says, <laughs> if only I had not already seen Eric almost the very same character as Tom, the narrator of Renegade Theater's production of Glass Shattered, only six months ago. Uh, if only I had not seen Eric play Alan Strang in Curio's production of Peter Schaefer's Equus last season in this very same room. Instead of simply applauding his talent, I left thinking, why does Eric seem to be the only young leading man Curio has in stock? <laughs> but I mean... I like that because it's less its less a rip on Eric and more a rip on Curio. Well, it's also an enormous compliment. Like, yes. hey man, yeah, he's great and you keep casting him as your lead because he's the best talent you can find. But, you know, mix it up a little bit. <laughs> and that's everything I have on Eric Scottolotti. So we can start getting to testimonials. Excellent. Yeah, so both you and I reached out to several people. Um, to find out their opinions because it's not enough you know to do this reading assignment right it's not enough to just rely on my you know my impact or my opinion on eric scalati or your opinion on eric scalati to get the full diversity the full color the full menagerie that is eric scalati you have to go for the record i didn't reach out to anyone (laughs) yeah so i reached out 
I, I reached out to a couple of different people. I started small. This is from my wife, Sarah. Quote, he's the type of guy that you want to take home after you get really drunk because, you know, he won't try to sleep with you, even if you make a move on him. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a direct quote. That is a direct quote. Does she say that from experience? You can be honest with me. That is 100% a direct quote. That's incredible. Yes. Uh, you want another one? Please. Okay, great. So this is from a, a good friend of ours, Andrew Lowy, who's, uh, if you listen to the Not Movies podcast, which I've encouraged people to do, yeah. he's been a guest on that uh, and also is a very good friend of mine. He's very funny in it. Too. Yes, he's really good on it. This is from Andrew Lowy about Eric Scalati. He's a great guy that some might say he's... He's an obsessive perfectionist. Some might say he's a mama's boy. Those people are underselling him. He's the only guy I know who once decided to get in bed and start reading Eli Weissel's Night in an attempt to, quote, relax. The suffering of millions brought a nice sense of calm to that meatball. What a mensch. <laughs> Great. By the way, for those of you who don't know, Eli Weissel's Night is an autobiography of a Holocaust survivor. <laughs> So, uh, Eric Scottolotti. Yes. Possibly a Nazi. Possibly. We also reached out to uh, Sean Araggio, his co-host for the Not Movies podcast. Is that how you pronounce his last name? Yes, that is how you pronounce his last name. It's not Araho? It's Araggio. 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 Araho? Sean. Sean Smith. Sean Smith. We reached out to his co-host of the Not Movies podcast, and I think I really... So I know he, I think he sent you the answer, right? Oh man, it's great. Okay. So here's, here's what I initially asked him. Let me actually pull up the message that I sent Sean. So I could kind of lay in what pro what started this answer. Where is it? Here it is. To find out more about the man, this is what I said to Sean. To find out more about the man, the myth, the legend, that is Eric Scatolotti, I have to ask, why would you do a podcast with Eric? Why on earth would you and your wife tether yourself to this man for an unending amount of time? What is it about him? It's got to be a blood pact with Satan. Yeah. So I'm curious because I have not actually heard this answer yet. So I'm actually anxious to hear what it is. It's very long. Okay. Much like Eric Scottolotti. So <laughs> here is what Sean wrote us. First part. There's First of all, it's multiple paragraphs. First paragraph. I love it. There's subsections. It's fantastic. Top 10 reasons to do a podcast with Eric Scatolati. 10. He always smells good. 9. He usually brings a lot of energy and enthusiasm. 8. He knows all the superheroes, so you don't have to know or care about them. <laughs> 7. He's driven and hyper-focused, so he'll spend an inordinate amount of free time making fake movie posters for you. 6. He's rather loquacious. He'll keep talking if you need to pee or eat pizza. 5. <laughs> I, I read this in Sean's voice, and I've only met him once. Although I have heard him many times on the, on the Not Movies podcast, but I read this in Sean's voice. <laughs> and I'm going to try to say it like him. Not too bad to look at. <laughs> four he's quick to take a stance on everything sometimes without thinking it through and he'll stick to that stance even if it's illogical so he's fun to argue with <laughs> three he has good ideas sometimes two sometimes <laughs> two He'll pay for half your podcast hosting fees, which is more than you can say about some podcast hosts. <laughs> I added that last part. Yeah, it's 100%. And here's the number one reason. The, the number one reason to do a podcast with Eric Scottolotti. He's somewhat elusive, so you probably won't see him as often as you want unless you work with him or do a podcast together. This is 100% true. 100% true. <laughs> Yes. He did add a serious answer, if we wanted to, to put that on the air. Ah, fine. I know. He said, I think there's just something enigmatic about Eric that draws people to him. We connected on a deep and silly level from the first time we met, and the podcast is really just an excuse to keep having stupid conversations with two of my favorite people, which I think we can relate to. Absolutely. Um, Eric's got a lot of, I should note, as far as podcasts go, 
uh, actually plays into your and my story because I, um, years ago, I had gone to visit Eric Scalati, um and I was, we were sitting out back from where he was living. We were sitting like out in his backyard and a bunch of us were sitting around talking and he at one point turned to me and he get and he looked at me and said, hey, do you listen to Kevin Smith's podcast? And then I turned to him and said three words that changed my life. What's a podcast? Oh, very nice. And he explained it to me. And after that, I became hooked on it and then very quickly realized that someday I'm going to be hosting a podcast. Yeah. Um, so he, he, in some small way, is actually responsible for this show. Blame him. Yeah. So get off my dick about it, everyone. All right. It's right. Right. If you have a complaint about this show, <laughs> write the Not Movies podcast. All right. Yes, that's correct. Get off of Chris's dick and instead get on Eric's elongated, uncomfortably, absurdly sized wiener. Yes. And do you want to hear the the next two paragraphs from Sean's email? Oh, my God. Gosh, really? Yes. And attachment that I forgot to mention earlier. Please. So part two, random facts. Eric used to play a game with himself in college where he'd say my name to get my... This is such a toddler thing to do. Eric used to play a game with himself in college where he'd say my name to get my attention, then have to think of something to say when I responded. This was purely for his own amusement until I noticed and called him out on it one day. (laughs) Isn't that such a, a... Like a toddler would be like, you know, dad, dad, and you're like, what? And they go, um... I think he's done this to me a couple of times, and I didn't realize what he was doing. (laughs) Here we go. There's three more fun facts. One, he's Italian. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Two, he likes to exercise. Great. And here's the last one, and by far the most interesting. And I had to look this up. Like, this is the one that came with the... um, the, it, it, the attachment explains it further. And I'm glad he attached it. Sean, if you're listening, thank you. Uh, because I did not understand. I, I thought this couldn't possibly be a real thing. I'm I'm misreading what he wrote. And I was not. No, it's real. It's really that big. You... <laughs> oh, he saw Equus too. Yeah. Okay. So uh, this is what it says. He once lost a bet to me in college where I had to wear a hat for a week and he had to publicly confess his love for the comedian John Panette, who he actually hated, for as long as he's a student in college. Parentheses, contract attached. And it's here, and here's what it says. It is dated February 27th, 2007. On this day, February 27th, 2007, at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Daylight Time, Sean Arajo and Eric Scatolati had decided to make a bet and drew up a contract The terms are as follows. Sean must wear his checkerboard hat for an entire week, February 27th through March 6th until 4.30 p.m. He cannot tell anyone, with the exception of teachers, if they ask that he is wearing a hat for a bet. Exceptions. Times he does not have to wear a hat. Shower. Bed, parentheses, with intention to sleep, close parentheses. (laughs) Recitals. Ensembles. Only if teachers ask him to remove it. Is not required to wear hat during lessons, but must walk in with it on. Eric, if Sean fulfills this bet, whenever something relevant to John Panette is mentioned, Eric must express his extreme love for the aforementioned comedian and also ask if they have seen or heard of him. If not, he must recommend them. Eric must hold true to this bet as long as he is a student in college. Eric must create a Facebook group entitled, I Love John Panette. Here's the part where it gets weird. We agree to the above terms and promise to abide by them. If either individual decides not to continue this bet, they may call it off and this contract will be void. It is signed by Sean Arajo, Eric Scottolotti, two witnesses, and a goddamn notary public. (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. That's amazing. So, uh, the last section... 
he asked Summer to say her notes as well. Like anything she had to say about Eric. And she didn't provide anything funny. She only said one uh, substantial thing, but Sean felt the need to, to include it. So here it is. Summer could not be reached for comment. That's amazing. I love that because he posted, he sent us like two pages worth of an email and Summer could not be reached for comment. comment. Uh, Which is ironic because that is the most that Summer has shared about anything I know. And it ends with, can't wait to hear the episode. So, Sean, thank you very much for your help. Yes. This is the funniest part of this episode by far. That was amazing. (laughs) This is, um, how should I, how should I do this? I, I guess really, I mean, we have to, at the end of the day, this is a reading assignment, right? So we have to kind of... Uh, and it's the same way that we do any other reading assignment. So would I recommend Eric Scottolotti? <laughs> I think, I think, yeah, I think I would. I would recommend Eric Scottolotti. I think you have to go into it. Knowing what you're going to get. Knowing what you're going to get out of it. Uh, you know, if you're expecting, yeah. if you're expecting a whole lot, if you're expecting a life change, uh, then then maybe you know you might find yourself disappointed but if you're going in for you know an enjoyable experience i think that it's it's definitely worth the time i don't know i mean how do you feel about it i like him very much that being said i have only been in the same room with him mm-hmm. once i think mm-hmm. but he is he's very i mean my relationship with him extends as far as the podcast uh he is by far our most prominent fan. Yes. I mean, was. Yeah, until he yeah, <laughs> immediately blocks us on social media and files a restraining report. But he, you know. Correct. No, you know what? Let's be honest. He's loving this. You are, Eric. You know you are. You're fucking loving this. You're just swimming in it. It doesn't even matter if we're insulting you. Just the fact that we're saying your name on a microphone. You are just fucking loving this. Here's the other thing that I really like about Eric. I think he's my my only friend who... You know how they always say, man, that guy was a serial killer. No one ever suspected him. I would absolutely suspect Eric Scottolotti of being a serial killer. A hundred percent. Yeah. 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 I think I've named him to the cops a couple of times. Yeah. I mean, on the, Just on the, as like an instinct. On the bright side, that means he's, he's probably not one. Right. Yeah. If you're, if he's the first person you suspect, yeah. he's probably not actually yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I have often described Eric Scottolotti as the younger brother I never had. I say that having a younger brother, um, but he's definitely, uh, we've said this many times, he is the blue beetle to my booster golds. We, we see each other in that, in that vein, very much to two people cut from the same cloth. I'll leave you with, I'm going to, this is, this will be the last thing I'll say about Eric Scalati before we end the episode. This is going to be my closing impression of Eric Scalati. You ready? Yes. Okay. So there was a time in college when a group of us were joking around. We were making up different sexual acts and sexual positions and then naming them after ourselves. The Eric Scalati was when you sit in a dark room alone, masturbating and crying using your tears as lubrication. Oh, we've all been there. Yeah. I didn't know it had a name. Yeah. And it's Eric Scottolotti. So I I have to get you a reading assignment. It's not going to be someone who listens to our podcast. <laughs> However, let this be a note to all of our fans out there in the void. If you want us to do a reading assignment about that, about you, we're not, we're not above it. Okay. Yeah. Just be careful what you fucking wish for. Right. I, I do think this is actually kind of a cool thing to do every once in a while. Um, to encourage people to really reach out because uh, I like the idea of being able to actually know who's listening to us. So if you want us to do a deep dive into your backstory and do a reading assignment about you, hit us up on any one of our platforms that we have. Uh, hey, Andrew. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Andrew. What are those platforms again? What are the what now? What? Oh, geez. We were in the middle of a thing. We were going to smooth outro this bitch like nobody's business and you blew it. Sorry, I had to go to the bathroom. Were you in the bathroom the whole time? Yeah, I'm still there. Wow, that's impressive. I moved my computer in here. If one of our many fans in the void wanted to become a reading assignment, 
where could they reach us? Oh, very good. Well, they could... Well, the first set that I have written down would not work. I was going to say they could listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Music, or SoundCloud. Let's start with that. Yeah, sure. So you have to listen to those first in order to hear this. But feel free to reach out to us on Twitter, where our handle is at Media Lunch Break. You can also reach out to us on Facebook or leave a comment or send us a message on YouTube.com slash The Media Lunch Break. You can also become a patron on our Patreon page and send us a message or a comment that way. That's Patreon.com slash The Media Lunch Break. You can feel free to send us an email at TheMediaLunchBreak at gmail.com and we either have a contact page up now or will very soon on our website which is themedialunchbreak.com very nice very good that's it that is i i'm so happy that this that the last thing we talk about is one eric scottolotti all right you know what's crazy we did this in like three days yes we did yes we did which is (laughs) both amazing for us and troubling for the fact that we can find out this information. And we went over. Yeah. Like, this is too long. Yes. <laughs> Much like Eric Scottolotti. Very good. Very good. That is... I can't think of a better ending. That's amazing. <laughs> All right. That's it, everybody. Boom. We're recording right now? Yep. Okay. All right. Awesome. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hi. I'm Eric. And I'm Sean. I'm Summer. And this is our first episode of our podcast. Yes. Doesn't yes. have a name yet. No. <laughs> doesn't have a name. Doesn't have a lot of things. Do we want to give I our last name? I don't names really today? use it. Sure. All right. I'm Eric Scottolotti. All right. So you, you wanted to start off giving yeah. uh, a little introduction of who we are? Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, like we were talking about um, what we wanted it to be and like, you know, maybe like give an intro to people that don't know who we are. Because I feel, why like we, would they? I feel like we should give an intro to how we met and our dynamic. I, I would love, yeah, too. yeah. Um, okay, so Sean and I met um, my freshman year of college. It was my first day of college. I specifically remember uh, I didn't meet you until like that night because you were like going to the bathroom as I was coming out of the bathroom. He, we weren't roommates, but he was uh, roommates with. Um, well, he was across the hall in the same hallway in the dorms, and we instantly clicked, right? Absolutely. Yeah? Absolutely. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, been friends ever since, you know? Yeah, I remember I remember uh, we bonded over the fact that we, um, we would never have, like, real conversations, pretty much. Yeah, we and talked we, in bits. We talked in bits, basically. essentially. Yeah. Um, I forget what they were, but I remember also the first time, like the second day I met you, we were all watching a movie and we were sitting in the, um, one in like Joe's dorm and you were, I think you were lying on the bed and I was sitting in the chair and I like reached over to like stretch out my hand and I put my hand on your foot and we like locked eyes and we were, we didn't know each other yet. So it was, it was just very awkward. It was very weird. Yeah. I don't even, I didn't feel awkward about it. I, I did. Wow. <laughs> Uh, to to our listeners who don't know us, uh, I I think like name two things you hate and two things you love. And before we do that, like things that are I think obvious that we all agree upon, like uh, like racism or war or things like that, all in the bad pile. Really, really bad movies. Um, really good movies. Wait, that we love or hate? Because <laughs> okay. keep, going. keep going. Um, I think that uh, yeah. You know, what, what, what did we say? Not uh, superficial things or like, you know. Things things that say something about you. Exactly, exactly. Uh, all right. All right. I'm going to stop pounding that thing. thing I hate is Oasis, um, the band, um, specifically Noel Gallagher. Um, now, I don't know terribly a lot about them. I didn't go, like, digging. But um, I never, you know, when when we were in, like, grade school, I feel like they were a big thing. Absolutely. Can you yeah. sing one of their songs? No, no. I uh, I hate them that much. All right, okay. We might have to pay <laughs> I can't for think it. of one. Yeah, oh, um, that's true. Um, <laughs> Champagne Supernova Wonderwall. was a big hit. Wonderwall. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm um, with you. I'm with you. Uh, so, yeah, they were very, very popular. Um, it was one of my favorite bands. At was the time. it really? It really was. Oh, I didn't Before know Before I discovered that. good music, oh. Oasis was one of my favorite bands. <laughs> Friendship and, look, over. I'm not here to argue whether they're good or not. That's, this was that's third grade. Completely, um, you know. Oh, this like, is before you were into ska. Yeah. 
Mm. Okay. I don't know that Sean Araujo. Yeah. Well, I... I don't know if I trust that guy. Mm-mm. Definitely not. He probably has, has like, rounds. Well, I was kind of a late bloomer. It took me till about fourth grade to realize what music I was going to love for the rest of my life. Right. So in third grade and second grade, I listened to some <laughs> shitty music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. No, I, um... um hate Oasis. Yeah. Uh, uh, I hate... Yeah. I, hate I, I, I just... And I'm not here to argue whether they're a good or a bad band, because, like, that's just my opinion. Um, everybody's got different tastes, but... For a band that is so soft and like their music, I mean, is so mellow, mellow and just kind of it pop and, and, and not entirely complicated. And, you know, and I, I at the same time, I understand how much harder it is. It's a lot of times to write like a catchy pop song. Um, there's there's and there is a magic in that. But for that, for their attitude, specifically his is like this as if he's this like hard ass guy and like he's just like cuts down everybody as if his music is has such great like content um and it's always really rubbed me the wrong way and uh i hate oasis all right um so since i kind of used that um, real quick i'll say one thing i love is uh the films of hayao miyazaki uh, the uh, uh, animator for Studio Ghibli, director of Studio Ghibli, did like Spirited Away and all those movies. They're just perfect and magical. Uh, now we got those out of the way. We're ready to write a movie. Sure, let's write a movie. 